date two months in the game. Two months. Can't believe it. Since I've been doing it for two months, we have been in quarantine for definitely more than two months. This is when I started. We were locked down and everything. I couldn't go anywhere. So I said, let me just start a wrestling podcast. I'm definitely going to keep it going after everything opens back up. But it just shows how long we've been like this. And hopefully it'll be over soon. We're going to make it out, guys. I promise. I just wanted to thank all y'all for sticking with me and supporting me through all this. And giving me a listen. Giving me at least 25, 30, 35 minutes of your day. It really means a lot. And we're going to keep it going, and we're just going to keep growing and growing and growing it. Please, once again, make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to tell that friend. One Man Faction is the fastest growing podcast in professional wrestling. I need everyone to please rate, review, and subscribe to this wonderful thing. And make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at OMFPod. Like the page on Facebook. I think you can type in OMFPod on Facebook at OMFPod. And the page should be right there. So, yeah, just hit that like button for me, and we're going to keep it going. Good week of wrestling this week. We're coming off of a phenomenal pay-per-view, double or nothing. I'll break that down just a little bit. I don't know if you guys kept up with my tally, but I was like 3 for 10 tonight. I think I predicted the MJF match. I predicted John Moxley and the best friends winning. Everything else I got wrong. I did not see Sheeta winning the women's championship that early, especially like the way they have built up Nala Rose. But now I think of it as like Sheeta has kind of gotten the upper hand over Nala Rose over the past couple weeks. She did superplex Nala Rose through a table, and it just seems like Nala Rose couldn't do nothing with her. As much of a monster she was, and she was only champion, I think that said, for 101 days. But a lot of that is because she wasn't at the TV shows, probably because everything was going on, but it's still... 101 days, and then she fights Sheeta, and I think like maybe her second title defense, and then that's it. That's it. We got a new AEW Women's Champion. But I'm happy for Sheeta. She deserves it. The Cody-Lance Archer match, I thought Lance Archer was going to take that thing. But nah, Cody beat him clean. No fluke, clean, in the middle of the ring, and that was it. You have this man coming out, beating everybody up before the match even starts, and the next thing you know, he loses clean just like that. Brian Cage making his debut. Did not see that coming. Brian Cage probably has the worst facial hair in professional wrestling. I'm sorry, but I don't know what the heck's going on. It's between him and Jeff Hardy. Like, I have no I have no clue what he's doing there. But I'm not going to tell that man his facial hair is bad. I'm glad he won, though. That's another big guy that can move. And uh, did not see him getting paired with Taz, especially with Taz doing commentary and AEW Dark and stuff like that. But I like the two together. I did watch a little bit of Brian Cage while he was in Impact. I mean, he could talk by himself. I don't know why he needs a, a manager. It makes him look more like a killer, I guess. And then the Moxley and Brody Lee match, phenomenal. And to put him to sleep like that or to use a sleeper to get the finish, just another tool in John Moxley's arsenal. And he's going to focus all his attention now on Brian Cage. And then the stadium stampede. What a match. I didn't know what to expect. I knew they were going to use a big old stadium. For some reason, I just thought they were going to fight on the field, and that was going to be it. But they took that thing in the pool, in the clubhouse, maybe in the parking lot a little bit. They took it everywhere. Sammy taking that super gnarly one-wing angel bump off like the first deck of the stadium. Could not believe it. He's been having a rough couple weeks, man. Just props to him and props to the whole inner circle and the lead for putting it on such phenomenal piece of entertainment if you don't watch being the elite that's basically what being the elite is honestly and you can tell that the young bucks and kenny and all those guys had their fingerprints all over that match 
But enough of AEW Double or Nothing. We'll get back to AEW in a minute. Let's talk about some big news this week. We finally got some crowd in the WWE show. It makes it 10 times better. I wish they would have thought of this for WrestleMania, but they didn't. Better late than never, I guess. They finally decided, you know what, we'll go ahead and do it. I don't know if they're worried about what fans will say. Oh, you're just copying AEW. Me is wrestling. Everybody steals from everybody. It was going to happen eventually. They'll get over it. It is what it is. And I will say they are doing a much better job of being safe with their talent in the crowd than AEW. AEW, they got the talent all bunched together, all up on each other. WWE, plexiglass is there. You can tell that the superstars are six feet apart. They are cheering in a safe way. So props to them for doing that. Hopefully all this stuff gets lifted soon and we start getting some live crowds back in there. I'm glad we got some some good crowd noise now. Hopefully it'll make the WWE 10 times more entertaining than it already is. And Impact too. All the promotions that are running shows right now have been doing a phenomenal job with the current circumstances going on. So we just got to give props to them. It's hard to critique them because they're tr- they're doing their best. And people still pick them apart for, you know, not living up to their standards. Like, I, I don't know what I would do. Like, this is getting me through not having the NBA on or baseball on or anything like that right now. Is watching press on the wrestling because I guess some sort of sport entertainment going on. I think it's been drawing a lot of non-wrestling fans to watch it too because if they're sports deprived, hey, wrestling comes on every week, three times a week, four times a week if you count AEW, five times a week if you count Impact. It comes on a lot. If I'm an NXT talent, I'm pretty motivated sitting in that crowd because in a way I'm happy to be on the TV, you know, getting some FaceTime on Monday Night Raw, getting a shot of me in the crowd, but At the end of the day, I'm motivated to get on the show. That way I wouldn't be used as one of these people who aren't on TV and just in the crowd. Just think about the performance center talent that haven't even made it on NXT TV yet, and they're being used in the crowd. I'm fired up. So I hope they take this and use it as fuel. And, you know, speaking of NXT, I did hear Matt Riddle may be called up pretty soon. I don't understand the point of doing calls right now. Or callovers, as they're saying now, because they're treating Raw, SmackDown, and NXT as three equal brands nowadays. I just understand the point of getting called over to SmackDown or Raw right now. I mean, you're not traveling. The audience size is the same. What's There's literally no point. I mean, I'm happy for him. If anyone deserves to get called over, it's him. He's been putting in work. He's a great wrestler. He's a great MMA fighter. He's a great technician, as we saw with the uh, fight pit match. We'll get into that a little bit later as well. Yeah, you know, Matt, he definitely deserves it. He definitely deserves it, but I just don't see the point of doing it right now. I still think Matt could do stuff in NXT. He could challenge Adam Cole again, or I don't know if he'll be able to pull off a, a successful heel turn because he's so popular, but he can go up. I'd love to see Matt Riddle go up against this version of Johnny Gargano. Maybe Keith Lee, Damian Priest. There's a lot of matchups for Matt Riddle left. And, you know, if, if this does happen, it just kind of leaves a lot on the table. And so apparently Drew Gulak is back with the WWE after being reported that he did not re-sign his contract. I guess they reached an agreement somehow. And now he is back with the company. Good for him. I Like I, like I said last week, I thought it was kind of odd because usually whenever you're on your way out, you get jobbed. You lose like these squash matches or you lose to like guys who are irrelevant or you do end up doing stupid comedic type of stuff. That's just usually how you get treated on the way out the door. 
But he didn't do that. He had a WrestleMania match, Money in the Bank qualifying match. He got paired up with Daniel Bryan and had a good match with Daniel Bryan. Like, it, it was just weird because you don't see that because, like I just said, when you're about to leave the company, they make you do stupid stuff. And he didn't get any of that treatment. So I'm happy that he's back. He's definitely an asset to SmackDown. And uh, hopefully we can see him more of him and Daniel Bryan together. Maybe they can break off and go into, like, a deep feud. Apparently, Randy Orton bought a plane, too. According to his Instagram, he uh he just said he effed around and decided to buy a plane. Must be nice to have it like that. You want to fly to RKO Express, just send Randy Orton a DM on Instagram, and uh, maybe he'll get you on the plane. This is how the week of wrestling is. I'm just like, bruh. Randy Orton just decided to buy a plane, and this, and this is what I'm talking about on my podcast. But enough of Randy Orton and his flying planes and stuff. Let's get into SmackDown. Wasn't really a lot for me. Uh, SmackDown has been kind of stagnant. I guess a few things we can talk about. So apparently Braun Strowman is going to fight The Miz and John Morrison together for the Universal Championship. If The Miz and Morrison win, which they probably won't, I hope they split the titles in half just like uh, Lay Cool did, Michelle McCool and Layla. Where the hell were they were both co-Divas champions, co-Women's champions. That would be pretty funny to me. Turtleneck tough guys over here carrying half of the WWE Championship. This may just be a, a thing just to let Braun, make Braun look good, and hopefully this is it because I, I don't see The Miz and John Morrison together being WWE champion. I can see The Miz maybe one day getting it back. And, you know, John Morrison, he looks better than he did when he left, so I can see him getting a push as well. So we'll see what happens with those two. AJ Styles has been traded to SmackDown, apparently. That's why he's in the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. I thought this was because of the brand-to-brand uh, -brand Invitational. But he has been traded back to the house that AJ Styles built for future considerations. Now, I don't know how these trades work. I would expect if you get a caliber like AJ Styles, a caliber talent like AJ Styles... You have to get something big in return, right? They said these. This is he got traded for future considerations. I don't know what that means. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross have been traded to SmackDown too. I'm not sure what Raw got back for them. I don't think anything, but if you get a five-time women's champion and a great wrestler like Nikki Cross and you get nothing in return, and now SmackDown has traded for AJ Styles and they still don't get anything in return, Raw doesn't. I don't know who's running uh, GM for SmackDown, but I need him to come be the Dallas Cowboys GM because he's making some power moves and not giving the other guys anything in return. I have been getting acclimated to see Charlotte Flair on my TV screen three times a week. NXT Raw and SmackDown. She had a match on all three brands over the past wrestling week, starting from Friday going to Wednesday. And, you know, it's been great to see her like this. I think this is the best she's ever looked. Definitely showing that she could be the workhorse of this brand. She took two L's. She lost to Bailey, and then she lost to Nia Jax in, in a triple threat match. But she got a big win with Chelsea Green in a tag match against uh, EO and Rhea Ripley. But it's been good to see the queen get used like this. I said it before, she is the GOAT when it comes to women's wrestling. I don't think there's anyone better than her right now. Or ever was. Just a naturally born athlete. She was born into this, but I've said it before. Her last name could be Smith, and she would still be great just like this. One thing I did not like, and I love Jeff Hardy, but I really was hoping Sheamus would win this match. Like I said before, I just want to see Sheamus try to get this full house. He's the Intercontinental Championship away from getting it. 
and he could really one-up Edge if he wins the Universal Championship one day. So I would have loved to see him go on and try to win this tournament, but it is not going to happen. So we got Jeff Hardy versus Daniel Bryan, and we have AJ Styles versus Elias. I would imagine we're going to see AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan in the finals, but I wouldn't be mad if we saw AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy in the finals. Take it back to the old uh, Impact days when they wrestled each other. I don't think they've wrestled each other since they've both been on the WWE. So for Raw, my boy, Apollo Crews, finally got the job done. He captured the U.S. Championship. He's been on the main roster for five years. He finally is getting the push and the uh, character development that fans have been waiting for. I've said it before. I think he got called up from NXT too soon just because I think he just got there. He, I don't even think he spent a full year in NXT. It's good to see him finally, finally get something handed to him after he was no doubt unfairly taken out of that Money in the Bank ladder match. So hopefully he can use this title, raise his stock a little bit, and show the world what he has as far as wrestling goes. And I'm sure him and Andrade will continue their feud. And I would love to see more matches between those two because I think these two are going to be a couple of the flag bearers of WWE going forward. And like I said before, Cruz, when he debuted, he was getting first black champion chance from the NXT crowd, as in like the first black WWE champion before Kofi Kingston won it, of course. But that's what that's the that's the trajectory fans had Cruz on. And I'm not going to say he's begun, he's going to become the WWE champion, but this is a good start for his character. Finally, apparently Seth Rollins wants to add more members to his Monday Night Messiah stable. He said he wants to add someone that is close to him. I'm not sure who this could be. I know him and Cesaro are pretty close. Outside the ring, they're pretty close. I can see him uh, being, you know, crossing over from Raw to SmackDown to get more members. I think Cesaro would be a good fit for this. And you just have three guys that could work. You know, the authors of pain aren't there right now. But if you got him, Cesaro, Murphy, and Austin Theory, that's a dangerous combination of talent. We all know Cesaro, he can put on clinics with anybody and everybody. So I think him doing this, I don't know if it's going to help him in the long run, but I would love to see him and Seth Rollins link up like this. Speaking of Seth Rollins, man, if he's the reason my boy Rey Mysterio is retiring, I'm going to have to throw hands with him because that's my guy. I didn't watch Raw live. I got the notification that Rey Mysterio is going to retire next week. And I was like, what? I didn't see how everything played out. I didn't see the Humberto Alistair Black stuff with him and uh, Seth Rollins. But I was like, what? And then like a lot of media outlets picked it up. Like they made it like a big deal. And I was like, this has to be a work, right? Like there's no way he can retire like this. Hopefully this leads to a match with Seth at Backlash. And they can continue their feud. But I hope that he does not retire hanging up. Jumping over to NXT. Looks like we're going to get another cinematic match between Adam Cole and the Velveteen Dream. The WWE has been knocking out these cinematic matches out the park. So I don't know what Mr. Regal has planned. He says he's going to go pick a location where both of their spotlights will shine. We'll see what happens. If Velveteen loses, this is his last chance. As long as Adam Cole is the champion, he cannot challenge for the NXT Championship anymore. So I'm not going to say Velveteen is going to win the NXT Championship because I do think Adam Cole is... Actually, you know what? I don't know. Adam Cole is beating everybody. He's beating Gargano. He's beating Champa, beating Finn Balor, beating Matt Riddle. 
I don't, I don't know who else is there for him to face. I would like to see him maybe go up against Walter and then maybe they can do a winner-take-all type of situation. I think that would be pretty cool. So if I think if Adam Cole was going to go out, I think it should be against Walter. We got a little taste between them in their uh, Worlds Collide match, but I would like to see them one-on-one with each other. The person who I think had a big week was Chelsea Green. She got a big old spotlight shine on her when she teamed up with Charlotte Flair against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. They got the win, and for some reason, they didn't show this on WWE TV, on NXT, but it was on .com and on the social medias, but after the win, Chelsea fired Robert Stone. So she is no longer a part of the Robert Stone brand. And then that was it. You would think that they would make a bigger deal out of this. Ever since she's been with Robert Stone, she's been in, she got in that ladder match. She's been in, she's been on TV. She wasn't on TV without him. She gave him the boot and then that was it. So it's going to be pretty weird next week to see her without Robert Stone. And the announcers are going to have to explain what happened. Because for some reason, they just decided to not play it on TV. Maybe they ran out of time. I don't know. But I just thought it was kind of bizarre because that's a big swerve that I don't think I didn't see it coming. I don't think anyone did. It should have been showcased in a bigger light. The main event of NXT was fire. The fight pit match between Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. Those guys went at it. Timothy uh, spitting out those teeth and he said, I'm good. I'm going to keep fighting. And they just went at it, man. I think maybe one reason Tim got the win is because this is Matt Riddle's. Apparently, this is going to be his last match. If he did, he went out with a bang. They 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 prepared a whole cage for him, something I've never seen before in WWE. Like I said earlier, I do think there's still a lot for Matt Riddle to do, and I don't see the point of a call over right now. But if the WWE wants to call him over, that's fine. As long as I still see him on a weekly basis, I'm cool with it. Now, the Crosstown Rivals, or the Cross... The cross-state rivals, because they're in Jacksonville and NXT's in Orlando, AEW, after FTR came out and confronted the Young Bucks and they beat up the Butcher and the Blade, everything else to me was kind of forgettable. They pulled up in that black truck. They did talk about how they want to compete against other tag teams and other promotions. So maybe they have like a, a deal in place where they can go work other places, just like John Moxley has with uh, New Japan. So everything else is kind of forgettable. Jungle Boy won the Battle Royal. I'm, I'm happy for him. Good job. We got the pep rally, which is kind of weird because usually when people lose, they don't throw a pep rally afterwards. So the Inner Circle threw a pep rally. Mike Tyson came out. Jericho brought up how 10 years ago Mike Tyson knocked him out. Did not think that they would dive into their storyline that way, bringing up something that happened on Monday Night Raw 10 years ago. But they did it. And this is how it's going to go. Is Mike Tyson going to have a match in AEW? Who knows? But if he does, I think Chris Jericho is probably the best person for him to work with. And Mike, bro, I don't know. I don't know how old this man is, but if he's like 50, 60, I hope I look like that when I'm 50 or 60 years old. He's in phenomenal shape. Some promotion is offering him $20 million to come out of retirement just for one more fight. $20 million, One more fight. Does Mike take it? I don't know. AEW can't be paying him $20 million. They had the big brawl at the end, just like Raw had a big old brawl between Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho. Raw had Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, where the whole locker room came out and separated them. No sort of safety precautions whatsoever, no sort of social distancing whatsoever to break up these people, but it is what it is, man. That's wrestling. I think I covered everything I wanted to talk about. 
let's talk about something that I've been seeing a lot on social media. There's been this big debate on who the better heel is between MJF and Baron Corbin. My personal opinion, I think Baron Corbin is the better heel. MJF is phenomenal, though. He gets a lot of heat, but I've never seen anyone that is so universally disliked. They talk about him having go away heat, get off my TV heat. I'm be real. Heat is heat. Any heel wants that. And Baron Corbin has the ball right now, and he's running with it. You put MJF in WWE, and you put Baron Corbin in AEW, who thrives more? Seriously, who thrives more? You give Baron Corbin the creative freedom that MJF has, where he can do the F-off signs and grab his junk and stuff like that, and you put MJF in a situation where WWE, where it's so scripted, so watered down, so family-friendly, will he be able to still get that same heat that Baron Corbin is getting? I don't think so. In my opinion, King Corbin, if you like him or not, you probably don't like him because I can't stand the guy. He is the best heel in wrestling. I haven't seen anyone get so many boos like this since, honestly, Vicky Guerrero. It's nuclear when he comes out. Want to talk about it? You know, hit me up at OMF Pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We can have a conversation about this. But right now, King Corbin got it. He got it. And it, a lot of people are in denial, but I'm going to be real with you. Like, there's no better heel in wrestling right now than Baron Corbin. Everyone talks about, oh, he's not a good wrestler. He talked about it on Corey Gray's podcast, talking about how people think he only does four moves. He said he can actually do like 400 moves, but he only chooses to do four just to make you mad. What a heel. What a guy. What a despicable human being. So thanks again for tuning in to the One Man Faction podcast. Make sure you like the page on Facebook at OMF Pod, One Man Faction. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at OMF Pod. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Appreciate it. I'll check back in with y'all next week and I will do a preview of the NXT takeover in your house. That's going to come up. Make sure you stay tuned for that. All love. Thanks again, y'all.